Hello and welcome to the Conspiracy John Show, where it's not all about conspiracies. Welcome back, I'm Conspiracy John. I've been inspired to do an impromptu show today. Um, the flavour will be slightly different than what the other Conspiracy John shows have been. I'm by a river, the River Blackwater, in the town of Killavullen in County Cork. A beautiful, beautiful place. And I, uh, I had a great evening hanging out with my buddy, uh, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, the comedian. I've been on his podcast a few times, Conversations with Cornelius. We actually did a podcast. Uh, you can check that out uh, in the next couple of weeks. I think he's on iTunes and uh, Spotify. Uh, Conversations with Cornelius. So I was chatting to him just about the nature of the world, where the world is right now, what's happening. And... Um, kind of where it's being directed from at a high level and uh, that's what that podcast was about quite heavy going now I must say but very enjoyable and it's always a pleasure to come down here and hang out we had a great day we did the podcast and uh, we hung out we had some great conversations and I'm, uh, I'm down here myself this morning by the river birds are singing and uh, it's just a fabulous it's a fabulous Monday morning so I felt inspired to post some content uh, because I haven't posted anything in a bit and what I'd like to talk about today is it's something that is becoming more relevant the last maybe the last 12 months uh, there's a there's a chap I watch, uh, Susquehanna Mike, uh, at Susquehanna Alchemy. Uh, he's on YouTube, and he's been dipping his toe into this path for the past 12 months. And the topic is our nature. Because at the moment, what is becoming evident is that the human being, as, a, as an animal is a heavily programmable animal and we pick up whatever is in our environment and we adapt that into our personalities and for the past well I suppose the past few hundred years anyway since after the cataclysm or since the old world ended um we have been heavily influenced in order to move us as far away from our true nature as possible. And when I say true nature, I am referring to the fact that the human being, first and foremost, is an organic creature of this world. It is a natural being. It is a. It can be. It is of this world in the same way as a tree is of this world or an animal is of this world. Anything that is alive 
is animated by like the natural, the nature spirit. And what this world seems to do, or the, the rat race world, the world of the system, uh, the one that a lot of people are now trying to escape, that world imposes multiple limits on the human and on the human animal, the human organism. And those limits are from a behavior perspective, they're from a perception perspective, from a physical perspective, and there's all different flavors available to be limiting for the human being. And what is now happening is that, especially even like this kind of follows on from like law of attraction and wu-wei, being in the flow. So the, the Taoist philosophies of moving with nature and bending with the environment. So the tree bends, it doesn't break. So right now in our current environment, the way the world is moving, there's a lot of bending required and a lot of flexibility. It takes a bit of discipline in order to keep paddling the boat downstream when the world uh, that we are forced to live in is so chaotic. And there is a, a time, and I, I feel that this time in life is very similar to like the, the time at the end of the 60s moving into the 70s, uh, that Alan Watts, uh, Ram Dass, you know, when the, the, there was a, an awakening, particularly in the United States, um, maybe not so much in Ireland, but in um, more free-thinking open worlds and open societies, in the at the end of the 60s the beginning of the 70s there was a great spiritual awakening where people became aware of the life that they were being moved into the rat race the nine to five the you know work to get rich where money is essentially the god and things are the be all and end all of life you know you you live life to accumulate your house and your car and your your things and it's all about status. And that's the default programming. When we come into the world, when we're born, we're defaulted onto this path. And poor is a bad path, rich is a good path. And uh, we strive to be, uh, inverted commas, successful in the eyes of the, the system or in the eyes of the, uh, the, the rat race way of living. And at the end of the 1960s, beginning of the 70s, there was a great awakening. And there was a lot of people, like, we had the hippie movement developed out of it. Um, well, the hippie movement was more probably of a hijacking of the awakening, which is always possible as well. That when people are awakening up or awakening to new ways of living, there's always the potential of more distraction, um, more rabbit holes, more paths... Uh, more programming so during this period in the next couple of years I think we we have an opportunity 
not blossom into ourselves um, ignoring the noise from the outside while you know accepting it integrating it experiencing it even and trying to flow with it in a way that supports our own personal goals and happiness and contentment and I think that that opportunity there is a window approaching and just like in the 70s when the window in the 1970s opened and they had the Vietnam War and the moon landings there was massive advances in technology pushed between the 1970s and the 1980s you know the home computer uh, came into came into being and people got on board with technology and then we hit the 1980s and then it became almost dystopian and the 1980s was a very um, crippling from what I can see I was born in the 1980s uh, the early 1980s and uh, from what I can see as a you know from a spiritual and an awakened and a um, or a natural way of living perspective there was very little of that happening in the 1980s in comparison to the 70s because you had the fuel crisis and then everybody became obsessed once again with the money and the stress and the survival mode kicks in so I think that we are going to repeat this type of cycle and there's there's it's probably like I suppose it's 50 years since the 1970s and in the early 70s, we had these um, these more awakened ways of living. You know, the philosophies of uh, the East began to become more prevalent, uh, particularly in America, as I was saying. Maybe not so much in Ireland. Uh, I'm not sure of how much they reached Europe. But these are, you know, I'm sure that these teachings were more ancient than just... Uh, they came from the old world, and they were probably all around the world and people were aware of them but they were quickly forgotten or suppressed and when they re-emerge it seems like they don't re-emerge for long uh, and I'm only basing this on maybe one cycle I mean if you go back again for another 50 years you've got the 1920s and you've got the World War One scenario where the world changed dramatically again and technology was once again uh, upgraded so it seems that every time they upgrade the technology of the world, there is a window of awakening for those who wish to awaken. And it's almost a, it's part of the game. It's like a clue in the game. It's a, it's a signal. And there will certainly be some new ways of living that are going to come from it. But I think in the next, you know, maybe by 2030, we could be moving back into a 1980s kind of cycle again, uh, just with higher technology, I feel. And as we move more and more towards that higher technology and the integration, I was only listening on the radio yesterday, uh, talking about the metaverse, so integrating with virtual reality uh, is definitely uh, coming quickly down the tracks by all accounts from what I can see and there was a show on 2FM the, one of Ireland's uh, main national radios public broadcasting in fact I think I don't think they're a private company I think they're I think RTE is a, 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 the government 
owned media, I think it's wholly government owned as far as I'm aware, but they were discussing the metaverse and it seemed so contri- it seemed so contrived to me. It seemed like such a staged conversation that was almost a setting up in the minds of the public as to what the metaverse is and the introduction of the metaverse. Because I think a lot of people are going to leave this world for the metaverse in the next few years, uh, while a lot of people move to a more natural way of living as well. Not, not full-time moving to the metaverse now, but as in people are going to start to really dip their toe in. And I think over the next few years that this, is, this idea is going to, you know, it's going to grow legs. All of their, everything that they want to push seems to develop in the direction that they want it to move in. So there's no reason to think that the metaverse would be any different. And what these two people were talking about, there was a guy and he was a kind of a, he was one of the presenters and this was on a Sunday morning now, around 12 o'clock. 12 or 1 o'clock, whoever the people are on 2FM at that time. I never really listened to radio, I just happened to be in the car. And I put it on and I was intrigued. I was like, oh, this could be interesting. I might talk about it on the podcast. I, I didn't actually end up talking about it on the podcast in the end. Uh, so I'll talk about it now instead. But what I gained from it was that, or what I gleaned from it, was that the interview itself was set up so that they could polarise with their own control or, you know, this is only one aspect of a massive marketing campaign to promote the metaverse, of course. This is just one small example. But I felt like there was one guy and he was all in on the metaverse. He was like super, like, this is great. We don't have to go out anymore. Like, he was like the big promoter. He was the advocate. He was championing the metaverse. He was kind of a gamer nerd. Uh, pushing the fact that he was like an anti-social, um, you know, the metaverse is going to be great for him and his type of people and planting that seed in similar personalities like him, you know, because it is that like it is an escape for those who don't do so well in social situations. You know, I, I certainly agree with that. It is a possibility of escape. So he was pushing it to that market. And then the girl... She was like, oh, I, I think I only even own, I think I have a Game Boy. I only own a Game Boy and uh, I don't even know about um, the metaverse and what is this. And, you know, you, you told me what it was and I just can't really get behind it and I don't like it. And then she was like the total opposite. And she was like, oh, good luck to you in the metaverse and all your kind. So I found it was um, contrived and set up in the way that it, it's beginning it was the beginning of a campaign where the governments and the public broadcasters are going to start to push this metaverse, virtual reality, and possibly moving into even the transhuman. You know, maybe in the next couple of years, we're going to have a lot of that transhuman technology moving in as well. And this type of stuff is going to get major publicity on all of the airwaves and all of the media. And... I thought to myself, you know, we're at a moment and this is the moment where this is the window of change. And I think we've probably got a few more years. Like, I do consider this kind of like a wartime scenario, like a world war type of a a drill where we're probably going to see the back end of their actions in the 2025 time frame. And we're going to see peaks and troughs up until them in terms of 
the way the world goes and, you know, how free or not free are we going to be at periods of the next few years. And uh, I think the metaverse, they're going to use it uh, in a big way to get people to embrace the next level of technology. And I think that what these resets seem to be all about is their technological resets. Like once again, going back to the 1970s and the 1960s, they, they claim to have the technology to put somebody on the moon. Uh, whether they did it or not is very up for debate. Uh, but technology in the home computers, they were in the homes in the 70s and they changed the way people lived. And in the same way in the 1920s, you know, electricity became widespread and telephones, uh, I think, was being introduced at that stage, long distance lines and um, changes to the electromagnetic nature of the, the ether or the atmosphere is also something that people discuss when that happens, when they upgrade technology. And that comes with, once again, you've got, um, you had the, the Spanish flu, I think, in 1918, when they were upgrading the grid back then. And I don't know if there was an outbreak of any sort of kind of virus in the in the 70s when they were rolling out the, the, the home computer and putting them everywhere, I, I can't remember. But then we've got, you know, 2020, we've got the, the last two years of rubbish that we've been putting up with. But is that related to the change in the electromagnetism uh, in the air? Is it related to the wireless technology? Um, certainly it must have some effect. Like you would think that all of these unnatural electromagnetic currents swirling around us they can't be, you know, when they are unnaturally created, you would think that they can't be brilliantly beneficial for the human organism. And maybe I'm right, the human organism could be much more powerful than I'm giving it credit for here as well. And it does adapt and it does embrace all changes. So I suppose with my message here and the theme of this podcast... I think, for me, we're at a window stage and we have access to the internet as well. I don't know how long that's going to last for. I don't know how long free access is going to last for. But while we have this access to the internet, while we have this ability to learn and to teach ourselves all sorts of ways of living, uh, ways of understanding the world, uh, this window is available and the human organism, the natural way to live and the natural being, I mean just being here in nature, here now with the trees in this mud flood devastated realm, like it is beautiful, it is absolutely amazing down here by this river and my soul appreciates it and every time I have an experience like this my soul appreciates it. And all we can do is just keep, keep following, keep following our own inspiration. I, I watch a channel actually, Inspired, on YouTube. And uh, there's, I find there's not too many channels at the moment that are inspirational. Like there's a lot of doom and gloom. Uh, and they try to pepper in a bit of inspiration, but they don't, it doesn't really work. But this channel, Inspired, 
I find I find your man Jean he's quite uplifting I don't necessarily agree with everything he says but I find a huge amount of what he says to be uplifting and nourishing and they really um, they promote the type of living and the type of way of living that I'm discussing now and it's uplifting and this is one of those opportunities once again that we have this window where we have these channels and we have these speakers it was like you know in the 1970s you had all of these great speakers who'd gone over to the east Alan Watts and Ram Dass and you know there was loads of them I can't even remember I only listened to those two but there was loads and they brought back all of these teachings but then by the 80s the teachings were gone pretty much you know they disappeared um, out of the public consciousness for the most part and they're only returning uh, with a vengeance now particularly with YouTube because people have started to publish all of their lectures and interviews which is amazing but who knows how long that's going to be available for so the time is now to make the most of what we have and the most of life and let's look forward to what's coming and make the most of that too so this is Conspiracy John with the Conspiracy John show where it's not all about conspiracies and I will see you again at some stage in the future. Have a good one.